When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. October is here, and it's time to see which high-yield dividend stocks are on my watches this month. If you're new here, this is how it works. Each month I screen the total universe of dividend-paying stocks for the absolute best ones that meet the following criteria. A market cap of $10 billion or more, a dividend yield of 2.75% or more, a payout ratio of less than 100%, a positive 5-year dividend growth rate, a wide or narrow economic moat, a standard or exemplary stewardship rating, an S&P rating of B or better, and a positive 5-year revenue and EPS growth rate. For October, we have a total of 30 companies that met all the criteria. This is only the second time since November of last year that we have had 30 companies make the cut. If you've followed the watchlist during the past year, you already know that typically there are about 23-27 to companies each month. More companies is good, because it gives me more options to invest in. The reason why we have more companies this month is pretty simple. Last month was terrible for most stocks, dividend stocks included. And what happens when share prices fall? You guessed it, dividend yields climb higher and more companies find their way onto my watchlist. Let me give you a quick performance update for September, and then I'll go over the entire October watchlist. September was not a pretty month for investors. SPY, the S&P 500 ETF, lost 4.66% last month, making it the worst month for the fund this year. VYM, the Vanguard High Yield Dividend ETF, did a little bit better, as it lost 3.2%. My watches beat both SPY and VYM in September, losing only 2.76%. A down month is never a good thing, but earning alpha in a losing month is a very positive thing. Anytime your investment goes down, it takes a higher return to bring you back to zero. Let me show you exactly what I mean. The watches fell 2.76% in September, so if it earns a return of 2.76% in October, you would assume the two months would be a wash. Wrong, you'd still be down 0.08% for the two months combined. You would actually need to earn about 2.84% to recoup the 2.76% loss from September. This is why protecting your downside in the market is a very, very important thing. VYM would need a return of about 3.31% to recoup its 3.2% loss. And SPY would need a return of about 4.89% to recoup its 4.66% loss. So as you can see, if the returns for October are positive, The watchlist can underperform both SPY and VYM, but still be ahead over a two-month period because it didn't lose as much in September. Now the fairly valued and undervalued stocks from September performed even better than the watchlist, earning a return of minus 2.43%. And my top 10 picks lost 3.24%, which is a little bit worse than VYM. I'll talk more about performance later on in the episode. Okay, onto the October watchlist now. Let's take a look at all 30 high-yield stocks by sector, starting with financials. There are 8 financial stocks on the watchlist this month. We have Morgan Stanley, Toronto Dominion, MT Bank, Comerica, Principal Financial Group, the Royal Bank of Canada, Truist Financial, and Bank of Montreal. Morgan Stanley and Comerica are two of the new additions this month. However, they are not new to the watchlist. Both companies have been on the watchlist in the past. The dividend yields for these 8 companies range between 28 and 3.8%. The most attractive dividend yield of 3.86% is offered by Principal Financial Group. Toronto Dominion is not too far behind with a dividend yield of 3.74%. Comerica, the Royal Bank of Canada, Truist, and BMO also have dividend yields above 3% right now. MT Bank has a dividend yield of 2.88%. 
and Morgan Stanley barely makes the cut with a yield of 2.81%. In terms of valuation, Morgan Stanley looks to be the most potentially undervalued stock right now, based on dividend yield theory. That suggests the stock is about 31% undervalued. MT Bank and Comerica also look attractive in the 20% undervalued range. Principal Financial Group and Truist are about 35 and 6% undervalued, respectively. The three Canadian banks all look overvalued, based on dividend yield theory. All eight companies have very nice payout ratios below 50%, with Morgan Stanley having the lowest payout ratio of about 19%. Comerica has the best 5-year dividend growth rate of about 27%. Morgan Stanley's 5-year dividend growth looks pretty good too, at about 20.5%. The only other double-digit 5-year dividend growth rate comes from Truist, at around 11%, with the rest of the companies having average dividend growth rates between 5 and 9%. Four of these eight financial companies are on my personal top 10 list for the month. I use the quantitative method to compute the expected future growth for each stock and focus on the top 10 stocks each month. More on this later on in the episode. This month we also have 8 utility stocks. They are Evergy, CMS Energy, DTE Energy, WEC Energy, Semper Energy, Southern Company, Excel Energy, and Alliant Energy. Four of these companies are returning to the watchlist after a short break. The four returnees are CMS, DTE, Excel, and Alliant. The dividend yields for these 8 companies range between 2.76% and 4.54%. Southern Company has the best yield of 4.54%. Evergy and WC Energy have yields slightly above 3%, with the rest of the companies clocking in below 3%. In terms of valuation, Evergy and Semper Energy are the most potentially undervalued right now. Evergy is about 12% undervalued and Semper about 15%. CMS, WEC, and Excel are also slightly undervalued at the moment. DTE Energy is right around fair value, and Southern Company looks to be about 7% overvalued. The payout ratios for these utilities are higher than those of the financial stocks we just looked at. All companies with the exception of Southern have a payout ratio around 60%. Southern's payout ratio is about 86%. Sempra Energy has the most attractive 5-year dividend growth rate of 14.33%. Evergy's 5-year dividend growth rate also looks nice at 13.34%. The rest are all average right around 6-7% with the exception of Southern Company, that has a rather low dividend growth rate of 3.37%. None of the utilities made it onto my top 10 list this month. You'll see why later on. Up next, we have 7 consumer staple stocks. They are Clorox, Philip Morris, Pepsi, Kellogg, Campbell Soup, Kimberly Clark, and General Mills. The one new addition here is Campbell Soup, that is appearing on the watch list for the first time. The dividend yields here range between 2.76% and 5.03%. Philip Morris has the highest yield of 5.03%. Kellogg, Campbell Soup, Kimberly Clark, and General Mills all have yields around 33 to 3.5%. Clorox and Pepsi both have sub 3% dividend yields. In terms of valuation, Clorox is the most undervalued right now, about 16%. Campbell Soup, our new addition, also looks attractive around 10% undervalued. Kellogg and Kimberly Clark are both about 5 to 6% undervalued. Philip Morris and Pepsi look to be fairly valued, within the 0 to 5% overvalued zone. And General Mills is about 7% overvalued, which is still a reasonable valuation. The payout ratios are between 44 and 85%, with Kellogg, Campbell Soup, and General Mills being on the lower end, and the four other companies on the higher end. Dividend growth is rather weak for this sector. The best 5-year growth rate comes from Pepsi at 7.8%. Clorox also has an average 5-year dividend growth rate of 7.59%. The rest are all rather weak, with growth rates between 2 and 4%. One consumer staple stock is on my top 10 list this month. We have two consumer discretionary stocks this month. They are restaurant brands and Darden restaurants. QSR has the better dividend yield of 3.44%, while Darden's yield is 2.86%. Both companies look pretty attractive, with QSR about 37% undervalued, 
and Darden about 26% undervalued. Darden has a much better payout ratio of about 24%, while QSR's payout ratio is quite high at 95%. QSR has an excellent 5-year dividend growth rate of 36.43%. Darden's dividend growth is pretty weak at 4.27%. Both these companies made it onto my top 10 list this month. We also have two industrial stocks this month. They are Lockheed Martin and 3M Company. Both dividend yields are pretty close, right around 3.2%. Both appear to be about 20% undervalued right now. Lockheed has a better payout ratio of about 30% compared to 57% for 3M. Lockheed also has a better 5-year dividend growth rate of 9.77% compared to 7.48% for 3M. Only one of these companies made it onto my top 10 list this month, and it's probably not the one you're thinking of. We only have three companies left, each from a different sector, but I'll review them together. We have Amgen from the healthcare sector, Broadcom, which is an information technology company, and Rogers Communications, which is a communication stock. Amgen and Rogers have dividend yields right around 3.3%. Broadcom's yield is a little lower, just shy of 3%. Amgen looks to be about 23% undervalued. Broadcom is about 11% undervalued. And Rogers is about 23% overvalued. All payout ratios are on the higher side. Rogers is right around 62%. Amgen around 85%, and Broadcom around 95%. Broadcom has the best dividend growth history, with a 5-year growth rate of 53%. Amgen looks solid as well, with a growth rate of 15.16%. Rogers is rather average, with a growth rate of 5.67%. Two of these three companies are on my top 10 list. There you have it, 30 high-yield dividend stocks on my list for October. Let's talk about my top 10 stocks now, and then I'll dig into past performance, and show you how the buy-and-hold strategies have worked out over the past year. 30 stocks is a lot to focus on in a given month, so I have decided to personally focus on only 10 of these stocks. But how do I pick which ones to focus on? Well, what I do is try to predict what type of return each of these companies can offer over the next 5 years. The way I do this is I look at the forecasted earnings growth for each company. I combine that with its current valuation and tack on the current dividend yield. This isn't a perfect science, and there is no guarantee that each company will hit its forecasted earnings growth, or that it will return a fair valuation if it is undervalued right now. The dividend yield is the most accurate estimate of these return assumptions. But as investors, we have to narrow down our ideas somehow. This is what I do personally, but I am not recommending this process to anyone. Nevertheless, here are the top 10 stocks that this system is predicting to grow the most over the next 5 years. We have Morgan Stanley with a 15.95% expected growth rate, Amgen with a 14.4% expected growth rate, MT Bank with a 21.69% growth rate, 3M with a 15.91% growth rate, Restaurant Brands with a 38.58% growth rate, Philip Morris with a 16.85% growth rate, Principal Financial Group with a 20.21% growth rate, Broadcom with a 20.06% growth rate, Darden Restaurants with a 39.03% growth rate, and Sherwood Financial with a 13.34% growth rate. As you can see, some expected growth rates are much higher than others. I think 5 years from now, it's unlikely that any of these 10 companies will hit their forecasted growth exactly. But my theory is that these 10 companies collectively will grow faster than the other 20 companies on my watch list. Even if only a few of these companies hit these expected growth rates, it should be enough to give me a great overall portfolio return. I'll be investing my contributions this month into these 10 stocks, and next month I'll update these assumptions and reevaluate the list and adjust my buy list accordingly. Okay, let's switch over and talk about past performance for the watchlist. As I stated in the beginning, the watchlist beat VYM and SPY in September. It's nice to get a win even though the month of September was pretty awful. I've been tracking this watchlist since November of 2020 and last month was the worst month we have had thus far. Year-to-date, the watchlist has a total return of 17.31%. 
The fairly valued and undervalued stocks have a total return of 16.95%. SPY is up 15.92%, and VYM is up 15.34%. So both the watchlist and the fairly valued and undervalued stocks are beating VYM and SPY. Since inception, which was November of 2020, the fairly valued and undervalued stocks are in first place with a total return of 36.96%. The watchlist is right behind with a total return of 36.59%. VYM is in third place with a total return of 33.89%. And SPY is pretty close to VYM with a total return of 33.3%. Now that I have 11 months of data, it's pretty nice to see about 3% of alpha from the watchlist. Hopefully the watchlist can carry this lead through year end and into 2020. Let's take a look at the 5 best stocks on the watchlist. In first place is BMO with an 80.26% total return during its 9 months on the watchlist. In second place we have Principal Financial Group with a total return of 70.83% during the full 11 months it has been on the watchlist. In third place we have Toronto Dominion Bank with a 65.57% total return during its 9 months on the watchlist. In fourth place we have Cisco with a 57.67% total return over a 9 month period. Cisco has dropped off the watchlist after July, so it was unable to add to this total return. And in 5th place we have JP Morgan with a 51.19% total return over a 4 month period. JP Morgan has been up and on the watchlist since February, but it remains in the buy and hold portfolios adding value there. Speaking of the buy and hold portfolios, let's take a quick look at how they performed in September. The buy and hold strategy is quite simple. Each month I add an equal amount of money to each of the stocks on the watchlist and never sell the position. I also do this for the fairly valued and undervalued stocks, adding to only those positions each month. In September, both mock buy and hold portfolios performed worse than the watchlist. The full watchlist buy and hold portfolio fell 3.72%, and the fairly valued and undervalued buy and hold portfolio lost 3.75%. Even though both of the buy and hold portfolios performed worse than VYM in September, they both remain ahead on a year-to-date basis and since inception. Year-to-date, the watchlist buy and hold portfolio is up 17.47%. The fairly valued and undervalued buy and hold portfolio is up 17.33%. VYM is doing about 2% worse with a return of 15.34% for the year. Since inception, the watchlist buy and hold portfolio is up 36.73%. The fairly valued and undervalued buy and hold portfolio is up 37.63%. Both are about 3% ahead of VYM. Also, both are doing a little bit better than the monthly watchlist return, proving that this method of investing is a good one for this watchlist. It would also be significantly more tax efficient than selling stocks each month. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to consume this content in a video format, you are welcome to visit my YouTube channel. Just search for Long Acres Finance on YouTube and you'll find more of me. If you'd like to reach me directly, you can do so by emailing me at longacresfinance at gmail.com. If you would like to support this channel, you can do so on Patreon and unlock the additional benefits offered there. Thank you for being here and have a wonderful day.